You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. Alrighty, guys, it is episode number 203 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. As always, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Twitter. And for all your NFL news and team coverage all across the entire league, all 32 teams covered, make sure you follow at Locked on NFL Net, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Let's get to it right away because we got a lot to cover uh, on this Friday as I record this. Heading into a April weekend, and that means just a couple of weeks away from the NFL draft and, of course, personal visits and team visits at team facilities uh, continuing to crank up, and the Redskins are certainly no different uh, with that. So it was reported on Thursday, Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, I believe the first to have it, that Auburn quarterback Jared Stidham was visiting Redskins Park, and that was Pretty much to be expected. The six foot two and change quarterback, two foot fourteen, uh, and um, you know, again, I don't think we should read too much into all of these visits. Yes, the Redskins have interest in the quarterback position. That is undeniable. Everyone knows they have to. They have no choice. Whether they have Case Keenum, whether they have Colt McCoy, whether Alex Smith ever steps onto a football field again, they have no choice. So this is not news in that they are meeting with most, if not all, of these quarterbacks in some way, shape, or form. They are absolutely in dire need of a quarterback for the future to try and develop. Who they talk to and who they ultimately pick and where they pick is ultimately kind of the the, the big mystery and the question. And if you look at Stidham, right, he's a two-year starter at obviously a good program, but I wouldn't consider Auburn to being a powerhouse on the level of Alabama, Ohio State, that type of thing, Oklahoma. Auburn is like the next level. He got a 6'3 grade from Sports Info Solutions and their football draft guide that we've kind of referred to, which is middle of the class, right? A 6'3", not bad. Um, Doesn't mean that that's going to ultimately hold up. Doesn't mean that he's not going to have a chance uh, to play in the NFL. But I don't look at Jared Stidham in any way, and I don't think anybody does, as a first-round quarterback. If you look, again, at their grade scale, and it is what it is, he is considered a circumstantial starter, or a high-quality backup. He's sufficient to good, basically, is the labeling that they would use. So with Stidham, again, I don't think we're talking about the number 15 overall pick here, but a scenario does exist where if the Redskins do not get Josh Rosen, and we've talked a lot about that, we will continue to talk about it because there's basically a new element to it. If the Redskins do not pull the trigger on a Josh Rosen deal, if the Redskins do not take a quarterback at number 15 overall and say they decide to trade back in the first round, way back in the first round, or they take somebody else, which is what I would advise, with number 15 overall, and they come around in the second round, 
with the second of their currently scheduled nine picks, I could see Stidham there. I think that's still probably too high. But again, quarterbacks are always going to get overdrafted. Let's take you inside the numbers a little bit for Stidham, right? I mean, you can't walk away with any anything but concerns. He had a 60.7 completion percentage in 2018. Uh, I don't think you need me to tell you this. That's awful. <laughs> There's just no other way to say it. He went from a 66.7% in 2017 on the same amount of throwing attempts, 369 in each year. The only difference is he had 22 less completions in 2018. Again, that doesn't seem like a lot, but that's 22 over what, 11 or 12 games or whatever it is. That's two per game on average, roughly. And that could be the difference between converting on third down and giving your defense more rest and extending a drive or having to punt and exposing your defense again. Again, one less possession, two less possessions. You you never know how these things work out. Basically, an average of two less completions per game for Stidham from 2017 to 2018 is not good. There's no other way you can say it. In terms of yardage, okay, again, everybody's talent level drops off. Everybody um, doesn't have the same weapons. So certainly there are parts of this that are not Stidham's fault. But he went from 3,157 yards to 2,794 yards. Air yards went way down, almost 200. Yards per attempt went from 8.6 to 7.6. Now, the touchdown passes stayed the same, so that's good, 18-18. The interceptions actually went down, 6-5. to The sacks went down, 35-24. to So those are all good. His quarterback rating overall dipped from 102.8 to 94.8 in his two years as a starter. Now, according to Sports Info Solutions and their football rookie handbook, uh, they have a catchable percentage rate of 81.0% in terms of his passing analytics in 2018. That's up from 80.1%. His on-target percentage, 77.4%. They don't have a metric for that in 2017. His average depth of throw or throw depth went down from 8.6 to 7.1. Clearly, he's not a huge rushing type quarterback. He's not Lamar Jackson by any stretch. Uh, But if you look a little bit further at Jarrett Stidham, his deep throws and... Under pressure and no pressure throws went up deep throws from 110.3 in terms of a rating to 116.7. Under pressure went from 48.8 to 65.5. Again, this is 2017 to 2018. And his no pressure went down a little bit from 118.8 to 116.4. He is much better, again, according to the analytics that SIS puts out, at least in terms of the last two years, which is the only sample size we have, throwing against zone coverage. Check this out. Against man coverage, 93.7 last year in terms of his rating. Zone, 124.1. 
In 2017, man coverage 93.4, zone coverage 106.1. That's unusual for a young quarterback. Look, Stidham, again, I really don't even know if he's absolutely a starter, so second round might be way, way, way too early. I'm just saying second round because if the Redskins don't take one at number 15 overall and if they don't pull the trigger on a Josh Rosen deal, whatever it costs, then they might feel a sense of urgency to get somebody young in the building that they can hone and develop. So that's why I say second round. I don't even know by his production, quite honestly, if he's at that. But if you're looking for a guy that is good in terms of short throws and getting the ball out of his hand and, again, moving the offense – You know, again, we talked about with Drew Locke. He can throw the deep ball really, really well. The problem is is he's not good underneath. Well, Jared Siddham is basically the opposite. He can't throw the deep ball very well, but he's good in the short to intermediate range, which certainly rolls into, I think, a good fit in Jay Gruden's offense. But the lack of athleticism, the lack of a deep ball touch, when we return right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, we will get into Jay Gruden and his thoughts on a current Redskins running back who you aren't thinking about. Plus, we'll get into Daniel Jones, the Duke quarterback, who will visit Redskins Park next week. As well, what have the Skins been up to lately that might surprise you? And what do the Skins want when it comes to their inside linebacker position? All of that to come right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 203 of said Locked On Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. When you get in your car, please tell your smart speaker device to play podcast, Locked On Redskins. Guys, we're back here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. It is episode number 203. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for downloading us. Don't forget to check out the new Himalaya podcasting app wherever you download your favorite apps in whatever store. Go and do it right now. Check it out. Personally curated playlist, Himalaya. New way to listen to the Locked on Redskins podcast. Make sure you download and subscribe, whether you're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anything. All right, so let's get to it. Daniel Jones, the quarterback from Duke, is going to visit Redskins Park next week. First reported by J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington. Don't exactly have a uh, day on that yet, but here's the thing. I can already see it, and there's been a lot of murmurs about this. Uh, the Redskins are enamored with Daniel Jones, as are a lot of teams. 6'5", uh, 220 pounds, so he's got ideal, perfect size. You know he's smart. You can't be a dummy and go to Duke. Daniel Jones is also coached by David Cutcliffe, who developed and coached Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. So Daniel Jones has all the attributes that you're ideally looking for in terms of coaching and pedigree, brains, intelligence, size, all of that. Great. The problem is what Daniel Jones doesn't have is accuracy. According to SIS and their football rookie handbook, they rate him a five, which is basically dead middle. Here's what you need to know. Daniel Jones, in three full years as the starter at Duke, And we had this sort of problem with Jared Stidham, as we just profiled last segment. Went from 62.7% completion rate 
in 2016 down to 56.7% last year. I'm sorry, in 2017. And he did go back up, but only to 60.5% in 2018. That's on 429 throws, 450 throws, and 392 throws, so a lot less in 2018 than 2017. And therefore, his percentage and his completion percentage went up from 2017 to 2018. In terms of his passing yards and his air yards, 2781, 2691, 2674. So all three years right around the same area. Air yards, 1285, 1277, 1289. Again, right around the same area. Yards per attempt, 2016, 6.5, 2017, 5.9, back up to 6.8 in 2018. In terms of touchdowns to interceptions, 2018, 22 touches, uh, 9 interceptions, 14 to 11 in 2017. 2016, 15 to 9. Sacks, 29, 28, 28. So pretty consistent across the board and quarterback ratings for his three-year sample size. 2016 starting 84.3, 74.3 in 2017 and up to a 90.0 in 2018. In terms of his average throw depth, according to SIS, 7.5, uh, 7.9, 8.1. So that's steadily climbed. His catchable percentage, 77.3, 74.1 down in 2017, as uh, pretty much has been the case across the board, and up to 79.6. Not a big rusher, but certainly he was able to be more productive in that area than most quarterbacks his size, which is going to be appealing. Uh, he averaged 5.7 yards per attempt, 5.4 yards per attempt, and then 6.5 yards per attempt, and had a number of different rushing attempts. Now, this doesn't ex uh, include sacks, but it is scrambles, design runs, that type of thing. Um, so Daniel Jones, for a big guy, smart, again, certainly can move. That is appealing. Get that. Um, his deep throw analytics, 65.8, 62.8, all the way up to 87.5 in 2018. So that's really good. His under pressure analytics, 87.0 down to 65.7, down to 52.0 in his final year. However, when you look at Daniel Jones at Duke against no pressure as defined by SIS, 91.1 down to 77.9, awful 2017, way up to 120.4. How often are you going to throw from a completely clean pocket with no pressure? He certainly seems like he's better against uh, man, at least he was last year, versus zone coverage, a 104.3 rating compared to an 88.9 uh, rating versus zone. Consistency and accuracy is going to be an issue. Mobility is not. Size is not. Intelligence is not. So he's got a lot of the intangibles. He's got a lot of the things that you look for. He's a good quarterback with a good skill set. The question is, is whether he can ever be consistently accurate. And I got to be honest with you, 
the Redskins have not had enough accuracy from the quarterback position, period. The bottom line is this. I do not want a quarterback playing for me that is historically inaccurate. I don't care how smart he is, how well coached he is, how big he is. I don't want a quarterback that's not going to be at least 63, 64%. In today's NFL, it is extremely important and more important to be accurate. You have to be accurate. Going to pass the ball 65% of the time, like a lot of teams do, you have got to be better in terms of accuracy than the low 60s or high 50s. You cannot win with that type of guy in the NFL. You cannot win. We will wrap it up next with Jay Gruden and some interesting comments on Samaje P. Ryan as we wrap up latest edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 203. Thanks for being with us. All right, we are back, episode number 203 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. Don't forget to check out at Locked Redskins and at Locked on NFL Net, at Locked on NFL Net for all your NFL team and news coverage all across the NFL. John Kime first wrote about this on ESPN, uh, I believe it was on Thursday, maybe Wednesday night, and just a follow-up to it, and it makes all the sense in the world. The Washington Redskins and Bruce Allen want some clarity on Reuben Foster's situation. Reuben Foster, the charges were dropped from the Tampa incident that led to his release from the San Francisco uh, 49ers. That does not mean he will not be suspended by the NFL, and clearly the Redskins, even though they don't think he should be, and don't want him to be suspended by the NFL, clearly they understand that there is a more than decent chance that Reuben Foster will be suspended and could be suspended, and the NFL has suspended even though uh, they have at times lacked a conviction. Right? There are plenty of documented examples of that. We don't need to go over that. Here's the bottom line. Reuben Foster should be suspended. He was suspended for two games last year for multiple incidents, Uh, You cannot continue to put yourself in a situation where not only you cause your self-harm to your reputation, but you also cause your team, the team image, the team brand, the executive, the league. This is what athletes and this is what dummies in the media that go crazy defending guys like Ezekiel Elliott and anybody that gets suspended by the NFL do not understand. They do not understand this because they're so busy carrying the jockstrap for athletes that they just don't even think about how horrible, how horrible the PR hit, how terrible the reputation becomes of a team, of an executive, of a organization of an owner of a city when it's dragged through the mud for a domestic violence accusation or something even more serious they don't even think about that now sometimes the player does nothing wrong and is unfairly accused I think there's a difference between nothing wrong and no evidence and nothing to it as opposed to no charges or charges dropped. See, this is the dangerous area that people fall into is that sometimes the legal system, as a result of trying to avoid 
a protracted legal battle and a jury trial and more time and more resources and more money, they just basically look to adjudicate the situation and basically get it off their docket. And people take that as, oh, charges dropped. Oh, case dismissed. Oh, uh, plea deal, whatever it might be as no contest, whatever the situation might be, as the player didn't do it. The accused did not do it. And that's not true. That's not always true. Sometimes it is, but that's not always true. So that's why the NFL does what it does. And I have no problem. I have no problem. Because whether it's true, not true, whether it's legal, not legal, whatever the case might be, the bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. It causes harm and embarrassment to the shield and to the individual team and to the executives and to the coach. It's an unnecessary distraction. That's why players that get themselves in these situations need to be suspended depending on the circumstances. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. All right, so I'll just leave it at that because I can talk about that uh, quite honestly forever. Now, before we get out of here, Jay Gruden. Now, before we get out of here, we've had a lot of talk about the quarterbacks, both Jared Stidham and Daniel Jones, and then just about Reuben Foster. All right, the other story that we have to get to right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, in addition to all of that, is Jay Gruden on Samaje P. Ryan. Last week at the owners' meetings, uh, Jay Gruden talking about Samaje P. Ryan. And you might have forgotten about this guy because it seems like the Redskins have forgot about this guy. But apparently not because Jay, like he often does, overtalks and hypes up guys and then all of a sudden everybody outside of me and the media goes crazy and Jay really, really likes Samaj P. Ryan. Listen, do I believe he likes him? Sure. If he really liked him, he would have found a way to use him. Let's put it that way. If he really trusted him, he would have found a way to use him more, especially, especially when Darius Geis goes out. Now, was he hurt in training? Yes. Was he on track to be the starter before Adrian Peter? Yes. Does Jay Gruden like him? Yes. Can he trust him? No. That's the problem. That's the problem in a nutshell right there. You have Darius Geis coming off the torn ACL. No guarantee. Adrian Peterson, re-signed. Chris Thompson, here. Byron Marshall, here. It's unlikely that Samaj P. Ryan even makes the roster. The week one roster. Jay Gruden. Quote, the guy I want to see who everyone thinks is in my doghouse is Samaj P. Ryan. Samaj has not gotten the opportunities. I'm upset about that. That's my fault. But I have not given up on Samaj. He's young, he's strong, he's physical, and I need to see him take that next step. And I have to give him the opportunity to do that. And it's going to be hard with Geis and AP in there to get him the ball. That'll be a tough dynamic, but I have to get that done. End quote. All right, we're going to leave that there. We'll try and revisit that coming up shortly because, I, I, listen, Samaj P. Ryan as a ball carrier is, is far, far, far from the worst thing in the world. I think he's got some skill. He can't hold on to the football. He's got butterfingers. He can't catch the ball. 
out of the backfield. And he's been banged up a little bit. And he doesn't play special teams. If I don't know what else to tell you. Find a way to use him. If you love him that much, if you trust him, if he's healthy, why is he deactivated? Because obviously you think Byron Marshall, Chris Thompson, and Adrian Peterson last year were better. All right, that's going to do it for us. Episode number 203 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone. Adios.